You're listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. To find out more about the Whole Vineyard Church, go to wholevineyard.co.uk. Well, good morning, everyone. Lovely to see you all. So welcome to part two of our, our vision series. And for the first few minutes, I just want to recap a little bit about what I shared uh, with you all last week, for those of you who, um, who couldn't make last week. And that was the exciting news that we're, we're planning, we're hoping uh, to build a hope center here on, the, on our land uh, as a gift to our city to house our current compassion ministries, which are just amazing and bursting at the seams, and also to develop new opportunities to welcome our, our city home. And it will include so many things, like a warehouse for storing food and all the grow baby equipment and many other things, clothing and um, a cafe, laundrette, showers, a, a supermarket, um, a grow baby boutique shop. Um, we'll be able to have offices and rooms for counseling, for mentoring, uh, to host and expand our community money advice uh, center, host job clubs, work with uh, partnerships across the city with refugees and so many other things. And we're really, really excited. And thank you so much this week for all your feedback and ideas and questions. It's been, it's really good to see us as a church uh, have that sense of corporate uh, ownership for such a, a project. And so we've, we've predicted, and I've talked about uh, Grand Designs, the program, uh, but we, we're shooting for three quarters of a million to raise, and we're asking the church to stand in the gap, to give of our finances, to ask how we can get involved and to pray for this project. They're the three things we're asking every single person to play their part and to do their bit. And together, I think we can do something extraordinary that uh, really makes waves in the city. And so uh, we want to pray, every single one of us, uh, how much God would have us give of our finances. And as I said last week, it's not about equal amounts, but it's about equal sacrifice. And um, though this is, of course, a significant amount of money as a church, it's a major step of faith, we believe it's achievable. And uh, we gave, we just broke it down and said if, if a couple of hundred people gave two and a half thousand pounds, whether that's up front or over 18 months, that would equate with gift day to over 600,000 pounds. And we're inviting the church and anybody you know. I uh, hope you've all been handing out brochures uh, to people uh, this week. And so that's friends, family, colleagues, uh, to partner with us. This is a citywide vision. Uh, this is to bless the city. And so we believe the city will be getting involved. And so we want to make this exciting vision become a reality. So I'm encouraging you, I say, to give up front uh, and or over 18 months. And uh, we'd encourage you to give as the Lord prompts you in accordance with the resources that uh, we have, and we want to be a people who give sacrificially but freely, and that's really, really important. And so we're going to be hosting, as, as the guy said, a giving day uh, on Sunday, the 12th of March, both services. Uh, as I said last week, there'll be old school offering baskets. We'll have some worship, we have some dancing, some flags, who knows what the morning and evening will bring. I'm excited. So bring your pledge 
forms and uh, as, as, as Ed said, as you leave you can also uh, grab one of these brochures and then a pledge form and um, kids will be involved, youth will be involved and um, I said at the end of last week, I just want to repeat this, if for some reason we didn't, don't uh, proceed with the building, um, then our intention of course is to, is to give the money back. Uh, to you. So any questions, uh, please send them to hello at wholevineyard.co.uk uh, or speak to, to me or one of the team and we'd love to help you on this journey. So this Hope Centre is timely because it is all part and parcel of us putting vision into action and it's an expression of what we sense God is speaking to us as a church for the city in this time. And so today what I want to do is just expand upon this and, and try my best to articulate what we sense God is speaking to us for this next, uh, I think for the next couple of years, um, what the Lord wants to say to us. And the journey for me personally as, as the uh, the person who has the privilege along with Joni to lead this thing, um, is that most years I will pray ahead of time. Um, and so for me, it would be about this time last year. I've already got 2024 vision series in my, in my heart and head. And, um, and so this time last year, I, I'm like peering around the corner. I'm seeking the Lord. I'm, I'm looking over the horizon and saying, what's next for us as a church? And, uh, and so last year, I, I felt that God was calling us to begin to shape a culture of mission in the life of the church. You know, the last few years, of course, it's been very rocky with COVID and many other things, but we've established and are establishing some really exciting cultures in the life of the church. I believe we've um, established a culture of compassion, a culture of the vision of home uh, has really caught on, a culture of health and growth. You can sense it, other people can perceive it. I often ask people who, who, are, who visit the church, whether they're Christians or people who don't have faith, um, to say, what do you see, what do you feel when you come here? And uh, I'm always encouraged to see that people encounter health and growth in the life of the church. And in church life, you have seasons where it's not always like that. And so um, I'm really pleased. And it's reflected in our prayer. It's reflected in our numbers. It's reflected in our finances. It's reflected in many areas of our church. We've really um, pushed the pedal in terms of healthy leadership and development and staffing on our Sundays on multiplication and having a a heart and a spirit of multiplication in all that we do, whether that's ministries, whether that's the launch of our multi-site up in Swanland and the surrounding areas, um, or our midweek groups where we went geographical in trying to reach as many people as we can for us to encourage um, people that we know who live in that neighborhood to come along to groups and to midweek and to uh, central gatherings um, on a monthly basis. But I believe the next phase for us is to establish and build a growing sense of momentum in terms of mission, or what some people would call the E word, evangelism. And evangelism is about as popular as talking about finances, so I'm going for everything 
in one go at the moment. Let's get out of the way and then we can crack on with the rest of the year. And so evangelism, sharing our faith, our heart, our desire is that we have a culture that all of us, every single one of us is sharing our faith regularly and that we're regularly seeing people come to faith. Every single week we can celebrate and talk about stories and we'll be sharing some stories next week which are really exciting about people who are finding Jesus. And I think one of the main things that the last few years has robbed the church of is the power of the gospel in terms of our confidence in it and also our confidence in our ability to share the gospel. Joni and I were recently uh, with uh, some other senior pastors in the movement for a, a retreat and we were joined by Andrew and Rosie McNeil who are the Associate National Directors of the Vineyard Movement in the UK and Ireland. And I asked, uh, we had a, a forum to ask some questions, and I asked Andy, Andrew and Rosie, what, um, what do you sense the Lord is saying to the vineyard in our moment and in our time in this season? And he broke down crying. I thought, the last question I ask. And uh, he, he, thankfully, and I was really pleased because this is confirmation, he said, I really believe that God wants to restore confidence to the church in the power of the gospel. So I believe God has asked us now to press into and lean into and stir up a culture of mission in the life of the whole vineyard church. And a culture is essentially a combination punch of two things. It's our values in other words, it's something that we believe, it's something that we value, it's the why, if you like, but then also putting it into action. A culture is never established if it's just the why. Otherwise, you get something called virtual reality church. We all like the idea of things, but we don't actually ever do anything about it. And so this is about creating a culture where we passionately have the heart of Jesus, compassion for lost people, but also we are seeing people, we're putting into action, sharing the gospel regularly with people. And all of us here this morning will be at different stages of the journey, and that is absolutely fine. Some are already there. Some are like, what are you talking about, John? We're there. Some have confidence but don't know how. Some do know how but lack the confidence and for many, I'm sure, we sense actually the lack of urgency or we have something called compassion fatigue, which actually comes about with just doing good. And of course, this last few years has been, has been a real wear and tear on people's soul and um, mental and emotional well-being, and so we're very, very aware of that. But actually, it's things like busyness and distraction a couple of our major enemies, where we almost say kind of subconsciously, we don't have time to share the gospel with our friends. And so I think we've got some work to do in that. But I don't know about you, in the season we're in, just this last week, it's like there's a sixth sense in arenas of life that you go into where you just hear of people's need and opportunities to share with people. It's like, you, it's like everything is just, um, you're made aware of it kind of spiritually in the atmosphere when you're with people, 
that people are struggling and there's just an opportunity to share our story and the story of God with folk in a really naturally but supernatural way. And so I believe that we're going to enter into a season of mission and evangelism in the life of the church. And I think to do that and establish that, it will take a couple of years for us. Jesus said this in Matthew 9. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. It's been amazing, actually, because I, I always ask the Lord, just confirm your word. And John McGinley, we had here a few weeks ago, he was very prophetic to us as leaders, and he came on Sunday, and I joked with the Lord the night before, and I said, I bet he can't be as prophetic on Sunday. And he stole the passage that I had um, set up to preach on this week too. And he if, uh, listened to the talk again. It was absolutely fantastic. And, and how many cool stories were there from people just texting our friends and family or whoever. It was so exciting. But he preached the, the parallel text in another gospel. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. It's really important that we understand this, that he, Jesus, is the Lord of the harvest, not us. And, as it says in that text, it's his harvest field. The problem with mission and evangelism is we think we have to do all the work. We don't. We just need to figure out what Jesus is doing and follow him because it's his responsibility and job to save people through the power of the Holy Spirit, not us. We couldn't heal anyone, we couldn't convict anyone of sin. Only Christ could do that. But yet we are called on this journey of following him and I will make you fishers of men. And so we pray and we go as the workers, as the sent ones, the called out ones, the church, into our world and we invite the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God here on earth and we do the works that Jesus did. And it says in verse uh, 35 onwards, just the preceding verses, Jesus went through all the towns and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. In other words, deep inside, in his gut, there was this overwhelming sense that I must act because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. I see a lot of people in life who are harassed and helpless. And they are indeed like sheep without a shepherd. Many of us are here in this room. And many of us are in our community. And so to help us do this, I wanna share practically, for starters, what we will be doing centrally as a church. Now it's really important that this is something to be released to us personally. Wherever we live, think about your neighborhood, think about the street that you live in, think about your place of work or your place of study or just where you do life, is our responsibility to be Christ and be his ambassador wherever we are, to represent him and to lead people to Jesus.
but I think we can do some things to stoke the corporate fire, if you like, centrally. And so I just want to share a few of those things that we'll be practically doing. The first thing, and I'm super, super excited about this, is do not come here for our main Christmas carol service this year. If you come here, the doors will be closed. We are going to Hull City Hall. Yes, and we have hired the entire venue for the day, and we have booked probably, Josh um, is a big fan, because you came to Christ, I think, through this guy's ministry, and probably right now one of the world's leading evangelists, and that's J. John. And so we have an amazing opportunity that J. John is coming to Hull, for the Hull City Hall. I'm freaking out, and we're only in February. <laughs> And I really felt that we could be greedy and do this all by ourselves, as I really felt I wanted to invite other churches into this. So I've got about 20 on board so far, and uh, who have all given up their main Christmas carol service to invite people. It will be ticketed, uh, so we can make sure we have people come. And then once we've filled up one service, we can do multiple services. It has capacity of 1,500. I'd like to think we can at least get a couple of services um, at Christmas. So that's really exciting. Something to pray into and to think about. And the lead up to that is we have uh, John Bodley, who I can now say is going to be the new senior pastor of Trent Vineyard in Nottingham. And he's actually going to come, the week before his commissioning, he's going to come to us. And um, he's, he's a really brilliant evangelist. And he's going to come and share with us and stir us for a church-wide alpha course. The plan is to kind of like strip the church in terms of our diary and our plans and do a church-wide, city-wide alpha course here in the auditorium and to lead up to J. John coming. And we have, I've been told, one of the UK's finest clean comedians and magicians coming, just to get you excited. Um, and then if that wasn't enough, the week after J. John comes, we have, I want you to return to church if that's okay. And we have, I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> We've got real life reindeers coming. <laughs> Uh, people ask permission for things when they know I'm busy <laughs> and I just say yes and I'm not really listening and then it gets brought up like in a staff meeting that we've spent an incredible amount of money on inviting reindeers <laughs> who will share the gospel with us all. We have... Uh, an apologetics course, which uh, Luke Thornton, uh, is Luke here today, or is he, okay, someone give him a call, um, <laughs> Luke's a great guy, and um, he's really passionate about this, so we're going to be training, uh, for, for those of you who are interested, training the church in how to wrestle with difficult questions that people bring up in our society. Um, we'll have our summer fun day, last year we had 1,500 people to that, so we're hoping to have more. Uh, we're going to have speakers come and help trainers and um, 
help us to create this culture of mission in the life of the church. Um, we're also arranging a conference um, about how to engage with folk in our city from other religions and how do we maybe answer some of their questions and, uh, and help uh, lean into that. And then, of course, we've launched one site. We'd like to launch a site uh, once, uh, one a year and enter into new areas of, of Hull and beyond. And then, to help us do this, we're going to be teaching through the Gospels for the rest of the year. And so um, you should have, all of you should have the Gospel of Mark. We'll be going into the other Gospels, but just so you've got a Gospel, uh, we'll be doing a lot in Mark. And there's, there's some uh, pages there you can uh, make notes. And at the back there is how to go, is a reading plan for reading the New Testament in a year. So look, if your ambition was to do that, starting January, it's not too late, okay? Start your year afresh now and read the New Testament in a year and so you can go through that and it tells you how to do that. So please bring this to church. Please bring a pen or a pencil. Let's lean in to God's word. And one of the reasons we're going through the Gospels is that we want to see how Jesus did mission, is we're just going to look at the Gospels and say, look, Jesus, teach us. How did you connect with people? And what are some of the, the things that you did that can help us in our time? But what's so interesting is that along with this sense about mission last year, I felt that the Lord asked me to speak through the Gospels and look at the life of Jesus because what I felt God wanted us to become in this particular cultural moment as a church is a Jesus people, or inspire a Jesus movement. In other words, it's all about Jesus. And I think there's something really significant about this. You know, with our cultural chaos right now and all that's going on in terms of the climate, in terms of persecution, in terms of the attack on the family unit and marriage, I believe there is a remnant of a faithful church who can cut through all of this by just being absolutely obsessed and devoted to Christ and be like Jesus to the people around us. So whenever I'm sharing my faith, there's a lot of questions that are often a red herring, but I think if you can always bring it back to Jesus, there's something really powerful about that. We look at the rhythms and the life of Jesus, we look at the teachings of Jesus, you look at the integrity of Jesus. And I have to say to people, look, I or you may not like some of the teachings of Jesus, but the reality is, is that I've given my whole life to him. And if I'm going to follow him with everything that I have, then I've got to follow everything that he says. So we can't pick and choose the things that we like and tip X out the things that we don't. What's interesting, and we'll talk more about this, is actually culturally, maybe you'll be surprised about this, is that a lot more people, though they may dislike the church, is that they like Jesus. 45% of a recent survey of our nation believe actually in the resurrection of Jesus. 20% believe that Jesus is God. 54% believe that he was historically a real person. 
So I see that as a bit of a win. I know when we, don't, you know, we ring the church bells, the whole city don't, doesn't come, but I think that's a start, that people are willing to engage in the person of Jesus. And now I also think this is where it takes an interesting turn prophetically for us. I hadn't made the connection last year, but of course that phrase, a Jesus people or a Jesus movement, was coined in the 1970s with a move of God that came out of a revival on the west coast of America. In fact, um, the vineyard as a movement, a lot of our roots are, are in that. And um, actually, I, I believe it's come out in the States, I think it's come out in the UK, there's a film that's come out called The Jesus Revolution, which is all about this. And I think it's interesting that out of the cultural chaos in the 70s, primarily amid the national riots, is that God moved in an extraordinary way. And many of us are the fruit of that movement of the Holy Spirit. And also in 1970, a revival hit in a place called Asbury in Kentucky. And that sovereign move of the Holy Spirit went on to hit many other university campuses in, um, in, in the US. And I was gonna actually launch what I, my talk was originally last year was um, my New Year's talk in January, but I felt a nudge to delay it and I felt the Lord ask us to do a series on revival. And the main point of that, and I didn't know how else to say, is that we don't get to decide what the result is or what it looks like, we just need to position ourselves for it. We don't get to prescribe what God does. He does what he wants, he's God. He doesn't really care about our opinions. Now nearly three weeks ago, you may or may not have heard that the same thing, similar thing that happened in the 70s has happened in Asbury. They, this is actually their fifth move of God in the last 100 years. I think we should all move to Kentucky. <laughs> but anyway, that's for another talk. And for those who don't know, there was a normal chapel meeting at the university, and like they have every single day or week, and then 19 students just stayed on. And that's amazing to me because God doesn't need a lot, and He doesn't need many people to get a job done, He just needs a few. So the building then got packed to 1,500 people plus overflow. And up until, I think, this week when they... they there's 3,000 people live in this village. And so 100,000 people have gone through that town in the space of nearly three weeks. So it's caused a few traffic jams. And, you know, of course, like any revival, people are very passionate about... It's not about staying in the four walls of the church... God has to do something to us before he can do something through us. And so historically, God always awakens and alerts and rings that alarm bell to the church, but eventually it has to go to people who don't know Jesus. So last Sunday, the 20,000 people were there on the grounds and they've been doing nonstop worship every single minute for nearly three weeks. And so our national director, Debbie Wright, has been out there and she queued for six hours, stayed for nine. 
in the meeting. And um, I know many other friends who have taken the trip out there and they're good people and I've got some things to say uh, in a moment about people who question revivals, but I'll come to that in a second. And when the kingdom comes, it's like the powers of the age to come break through into our natural reality. And I've been in meetings like this where you, because eternity has just entered into the hearts of the people, the clock means nothing. So you're not even aware of time. Now some people call it a revival. The professors there are talking more in terms of an awakening, an outpouring. And some of these professors like Craig Keener and theologians are people in the vineyard who we love and listen to and read about. And it's really simple because interestingly, this is about Jesus, funnily enough. Because often revivals can be about the person leading it or the worship style or maybe some of the manifestations of the spirit. But this is all about paying attention, incredible attention, extravagant amounts of attention to Jesus. It's basically like Mary who pours perfume upon Jesus and wets his feet with her tears. It's just abandonment. It's just scandalous. It's a really simple revival. No one obviously is leading it. Celebrity Christians have tried to come and interact and they don't get to. It's mainly for the youth and young adults, mainly 25 years and under. It's trans-denominational, multi-ethnic. They sing songs which are old and new and there's lots of repentance and confession of sin and the word is preached and testimonies are given. It's just extravagant, honest worship. And some people say, well, it's too emotional. And I say to them, tell me where you find in the Bible five warnings about being too emotional in our celebration and worship and love of the Lord. So I've sat on this and I've asked the Lord, what does he want to do here? Now I believe he answered and said, the river is already flowing here. You just need to dive in. And I believe we're being set up. It's kind of like an Isaiah 55 moment where it says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Something's bubbling and stirring. I think this is a, a, a moment but it's all about God wanting to create hunger and expectation and desire and longing and awareness in the hearts of the church that God can do anything at any time. It's not about imitating. I'm concerned when people post TikToks saying we're in our ninth hour of a worship service because that's not what it's about. That people want to move of God so much that they manufacture one. Let me tell you, if God enters into this room, we'll know about it. You don't need to make it up or manufacture it. A.W. Tozer said, our mistake is that we want God to send revival on our terms. 
And so I believe there's a fermenting process that's happening with us. That's how God does it. Things are slowly bubbling away. We embrace the patient process and work of a sovereign God. So how should we respond? Well, I think it's about getting our attention. I think first and foremost, if you're here, and I think if you're struggling with addiction in your marriage, with any kind of besetting sin, there's mercy. The mercy of God is here for you. I was thinking, what if we came to prayer and worship with the same posture of expectation that God can move anytime? And we must resist two things. It's what I call, we must resist being like a spiritual VAR. Who is a, who's here into football and there's the VAR referee? And they call things in and out, or offside or onside. You know, that's what Pharisees do. So we must never be in a position where we're pretending we know best and call things in and out. We should just be open in our hearts, privately and together, and say, Lord, it's your church. You do what you want. We should also resist FOMO, the fear of missing out. But we should have an expectation, an openness, a hunger, and a prayer which will lead to repentance and holiness. Because when you encounter the Lord like this, you're undone. And you're wounded for anything else. Both Joni and I have been in moves of God. You know, uh, Joni went to Pensacola in Florida. I've been to Lakeland, Florida, and also been part of the Charismatic Renewal, the Toronto stuff. I mean, so many different things. And the reality is, is that when God's manifest presence comes, it's like nothing else really just does it for you anymore. <laughs> and so that's why we have a hunger and a thirst for the presence of Jesus among us. We're not interested in just doing church. We want to desperately encounter him and his kindness and love and his goodness and his purity. And when we do that, we're undone. And next week, I, I want to talk with a couple of other people going to be sharing, because I want some time just to pray now, is the combination of being a Jesus people where we are, on the one hand, so saturated with his presence. But with that, we go and reach a lost and a dying and broken world. We're after both. And one leads into the other. And you can't have the latter really without the former. And you can't have the former without willing to go into the latter. Because when you get caught up in the presence and the plans of Jesus, you can't help but have compassion on people. You can't help but tell of the one that you love. Because you love people, don't you, those who you spend time with and you want to talk about them. I always say it's like, actually don't, but if I had a 
photos in my wallet of my kids. What I do is when I'm talking to people, just get those photos out and talk about our kids. It's how much I love them. You just talk about their interests and their hobbies and what they're like and their personalities. When you love someone, you just talk about them. People try to talk about Jesus and they don't love him. And they've not let his love be poured out on them. And so I believe there's a divine exchange and then out of that we will see wonderful things. So I'd just love for us to worship a little bit more if that's okay. So if the band could come up and just, it doesn't really matter what you sing. <laughs> Quite honestly. They could have sang Humpty Dumpty this morning and I was flat out. <laughs> So as we, as we stand, I just want to read a few verses out to you. And I think this text best summarizes what I'm trying to say up. And it's the commission of Isaiah. Chapter 6 of Isaiah. In the year that King Uzziah died, which meant that it was a real time of turmoil because he'd been a king of such stability, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne. The train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet. And with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined. For I'm a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand which he had taken with tongs from the altar. And with it he touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. My simple encouragement this morning is if you want to respond to that or just to the whisper of the Lord in your own heart, then as the as the band leaders, just feel free to come to the front and some of you may want to get on your knees and just have some time. People will come and pray for you, I'm sure, but this is about just you having time with Jesus. So please feel free to do that. Thank you for listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. We would love to connect with you and welcome you home to church. To find out more, go to wholevineyard.co.uk forward slash connect. And stay up to date with all that is going on in the life of our church. Go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash church news and sign up for our weekly mailing. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you soon.